Alaska's newsmakers. Action Line KINY. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. I'm your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me on the, this finally almost fully past the winter weather, there is actually still a winter weather advisory. From Docks and Harbors, I have Carl Yucatel, and I also have Katie Ketchell, who I will talk a bit more about what you do when I ask you that question about it. But first, how are you both doing today? Jordan, thanks for having us, and we're doing great. It's uh, weather's turning. We're going to get a break here with no snow, and at least the folks in Docks and Harbors will be able to move some snow without the uh, the threat of another foot of rain or another foot of snow in the next few few days. So all's good in Docks and Harbors. And how are things for you, Katie? Everything's great. Flew in last night. Uh, got in about midnight. Perfect landing. Perfect, you know. I'm surprised. Entrance into Juneau. <laughs> I would say I'm surprised, but I knew the winter storm warning portion ended at 3 a.m. So it's good that you got in fine. You didn't have to see the worst of it. You just know what happened. <laughs> so my first sort of question really stems from Katie. Carl was telling me earlier that you are sort of the, the federal lobbyist for, for Docks and Harbors. So talk to me a bit about what it is that you do. So I basically... Uh, monitor what's going on in Washington, D.C., or what is supposed to be going on in Washington, D.C., because sometimes they become a little stuck. Um, I advance the city and borough of Juno's priorities uh, through the process. There's lots of processes. There's lots of things that the city is interested in. Funding is a big one. Um, federal programs, how they work and how they don't work for Juno. So uh, those are some of the things I keep tabs on and you know try to leverage uh, in Washington, D.C., and keep them informed back here. Okay. Now, well, now I'm already curious. What are some of the big things that you're focused on right now? Because I'm sure, I'm sure there's some larger projects that you're looking at specifically. Sure. Um, the the Juneau-Douglas-North Crossing um, is one of them, some of the big projects uh, that you know require a lot of uh, funding. So that is better to um, use those big projects to leverage for federal funding because that's um, where the feds can really help um, leverage local funding is some of those big projects. So that's that's one of them. Um, there's a couple docks and harbors uh, items I'm looking at. Uh, the Auk Bay wave attenuator is one of them. Um, and just kind of being aware of federal grant opportunities out there because there's a lot of them and I'm sure you've heard all about them. Um, there's just a couple more years left on this bipartisan infrastructure law, and I know a lot of Alaskan n- entities are going after some of these federal dollars while they can. Gotcha. Now, Carl, I don't think you talked to me about this attenuator. I think I said it was right. It's an attenuator, right? Yeah, Jordan. So that's the the, um, the breakwater out at Statter Harbor. It's long in the tooth, needs to be replaced. So we've been um, working for going on six years now. Uh, working with the Army Corps of Engineers to uh, conduct a study, uh, basically a feasibility study. And so uh, Katie and her team are very instrumental in making the right calls in D.C., getting letters of support from our federal delegation. Um, so uh, that's what she does in D.C. on behalf of uh, CBJ, but more Specifically for docks and harbors, the wave attenuator is very important. Um, additionally, we've applied for uh, a MARAD, Maritime Administration, Port Infrastructure Development Grant for a new drive-down float in Aurora Harbor. And so, again, um, Katie and her team will help us navigate the rules. And um, we were unsuccessful uh, this past uh, summer in a grant application there. We're getting a debrief tomorrow from MARAD. Um, Katie 
um, in our, we'll be at that debrief. So we'll just uh, we listen to what uh, how the uh, the grant was um, reviewed and try to make improvements next time around. Gotcha. Okay. Now, on that note, there are some more targeted docs and harvest questions I have for you. One of those is, I did want to catch up on this. I know that the 9% rate increase is in effect now. Is that correct? That's correct. So the 9% went in on January 1st, and then that was a one-time increase, but we also have the CPI increase. And so that's an annual increase in the CPI adjustment for calendar year 23 is 1.5%. So very much uh, on the lower side of the CPI adjustments that we've done in the past. Um, for calendar year 22, it was 8.1. For calendar year 21, it was 4.1. So it is, um, um, fortunately for our user groups, it is um, more of a moderate CPI in increase. And again, that 9% goes across all the uh, docks and harbors fees, with the exception of the more small boat mortgage fees, that 9% is going to be spread out over three years. So um, it's not for people with boats in the water um, in our harbors, it's not as um, extreme as uh, it could be. Gotcha. Okay. Now, I did realize, I forgot to check in about this, because obviously with every winter storm, there is concerns about the boats down there. We made sure to talk with Matt Cresswell about that. Did we end up losing any boats because of this winter storm? Yes, we did, uh, and we're um, working on those right now. Currently, I have a list of six vessels that are, are sunk, and so um, that would be uh, four in Aurora, one in Harris, one in Ock Bay, and uh, my team's on is is there helping the owner um, owners as well as the Coast Guard's been notified uh, when the folks aren't uh, working to assist with the vessels that are in peril. They're it's all hands on deck. They're with every piece of apparatus for snow removal that we've got. Uh, the folks are out there uh, cleaning snow off docks and. Uh, removing snow around the parking areas to get access for boat owners throughout our four small boat harbors. So it's a, it's a big event. Um, the guys are pretty tired, but they are out there um, working diligently. Um, I asked Harbor Master uh, Matt Creswell, how many vessels have we assisted um, in the last, uh, since, this, since the snowstorm started? He thought, about 30 vessels have been assisted in uh, just um, in peril of, of sinking that our folks uh, helped. And I talked to our admin staff, and um, they've made scores of calls to boat shelter owners and boat owners to let them know that, hey, you need to come, to, come down and, and check out your, check your vessel. So we can't emphasize it enough that boat owners have to be responsible, have to take care of their their boats. Gotcha. I think that was the big thing is, you know, indicating like it is your responsibility as the boat owner to make sure that your boat is prepared for those conditions. You can't just, I would say you can't just hope it'll be fine because that's not how that works. You got to put in that effort to make sure that that's all cleared off. But obviously still, it's unfortunate that that many sank, but 
can't control the weather. We all know that. And so we'll just have to kind of move forward there. Now, I do have one more quick question before we have to actually close this first half of the show, which is I also saw that you released the total number of cruise ship passengers that we had for the year last year and kind of... And how many was that? I actually have written down here 1.65 million people. <laughs> That's a correct number from... That is a correct number of number of uh, cruise ship passengers that uh, disembarked in Juneau. Which is... I mean, that's pretty significant. That's a lot of people. <laughs> that's correct, and it, it's up from uh, one. We had one point two the million, uh, one point two million the year before. So, you know, upwards of twenty five percent increase. We think the number is going to be about the same this coming year. So the impact should be lessened um, as more of the excursion companies come back, and there's more uh, more ability to, to move the uh, uh, passengers throughout. Uh, the borough. Um, unfortunately, the the uh, the Forest Service still has challenges, and they have a cap on the number of visitors that are allowed at uh, um, at, at the glacier. So that's always a, a challenge for um, for the community. I, I'll, I'll say the community that because uh, um, the Forest Service, uh, as a bureaucracy, they're unable to um, increase or. Uh, spread out the, the numbers of those visitors that uh, it's just a cap it's somewhere about 650,000 and it is really the it is the number one Alaskan attraction uh, throughout the state is the Mendenhall Glacier so that is one challenge but as um, other companies and excursions stand up there's more of an opportunity to spread out the the you know the 1.65 million passengers throughout and that lessens the uh, the impact and the, the perceived burden on, on genoites. Gotcha. Well, on that, we will move into our break. When we come back, I'll have a couple more questions for you, but kind of what's going on over down there at Docks and Harbors. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. And welcome back to Action Line on KNY. I am still your host, Jordan Lewis. Joining me in the studio still, I have Katie Ketchell as well as Carl, you can tell, from Docks and Harbors. Now, Katie, I want to kind of go a bit more in depth with you about some of the things that you do, because I understand that you're very you play a very key role in kind of the grant process and kind of breaking that kind of stuff down. So why don't you break that down for me? Sure, I'd be happy to. So there's a lot of federal funding out there and available, and um, it's a process of picking the project and scoping it correctly. So project eligibility, uh, recipient eligibility, going through that process and making sure that project hits all the points that the federal grant is seeking. Um, so that's a process that I help uh, CEO Berardino with, and then also um, getting the support behind it and leveraging the congressional delegation support for that project. Um, so first, making sure it's a good project and a good fit, um, because no amount of political pressure is going to make a, a bad project good, right? So uh, making sure it's a good project, and then making sure we leverage the congressional delegation that we have, and they're always willing to do that, which is which is great part of representing Alaska entities. Okay. And now, so talk to me about the sort of functioning as a liaison and how that works. So, like, when you're down in D.C. getting that information for CBJ, what often is, like, like how do you report that back to them in a very efficient manner? Like, hey, here's how this thing looks for CBJ. Here's kind of a cost-benefit analysis. Is it kind of like that? Well, I have a kind of a tap on when these grant notices are going to be coming out. So um, I have a kind of internal schedule where I let them know 
when they need to be start thinking about their project and how to align it, what I think, you know, the criteria is going to be. So I'm in constant communication with uh, City and Borough of Juneau um, as to, you know, what projects are coming down the pike, what programs are coming down the pike, and matching them, and also keeping the delegation uh, looped in. Uh, what are the delegation priorities? Do they match with the cities? Um, or can they get excited about a project that the city's pursuing? And can it be a win-win? And uh, just kind of keeping that communications loop going. Okay. And now another one that has kind of come to my attention because we were talking in the break is so like say we want to talk with like the Coast Guard about more movement on that icebreaker that we spent a lot of time talking about last year. What would that look like from your end of things? Sure. Well, um, for the icebreaker in particular, um, we've been kind of following the delegation's lead. Um, Senator Sullivan in particular has been really um, aggressive on that. And Senator Markowski also with the appropriations and Representative Peltola also, you know, the the three rules, uh, three um, pieces of the uh, stool there. And so just kind of enforcing, reinforcing that with the Coast Guard um, and, you know, getting the city and of Juneau to weigh in with their support and making sure that's well known uh, throughout the Coast Guard and the delegation and kind of keeping tabs on what the decision-making process is, what is the budget situation like for the Coast Guard, because that's going to be a key piece in moving forward with the icebreaker. Gotcha. And then, Carl, did you want to weigh in on that? Um, just that, uh, no, we, we are tracking what the Coast Guard is doing in, in the uh, federal budget process. And, um, again, from CBJ's perspective, we're very pro uh, bringing a Coast Guard icebreaker to Juneau, and so we're trying to advance, um, you know, in small incremental pieces what we can do to ensure that uh, the Coast Guard gives us top priority in, in bringing an icebreaker to, to, to Juneau. So the other thing that the, the reason why Katie is in town now is on Thursday morning there's a legislative breakfast. So the Juneau delegation, um, Katie and her partner, um, Dave Jansen from Blank Rome will be there. This, the state um, lobbyist Kevin Jardell will be there. Um, and then, of course, the, um, the assembly. And so we'll be there bright and early tomorrow morning, and uh, the, the assembly will be talking about legislative priorities um, throughout the borough. Gotcha. And now you said Blank Rome, correct? Yes, it's Blank Rome Government Relations. Okay. I was say that's a very straightforward name, but also only like half of it explicitly saying what it is you do. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's one of those um, law firm type deals with, you know, the last names, but then we have a full uh, legislative lobbying practice underneath uh, this bigger law firm. Okay. Because I was going to say, on the surface, I'm like, that's a very odd naming convention but now that you've explained it like oh it's like a legal firm I'm like, that, yes that makes perfect sense never mind understandable well on that note i do have a few more sort of smaller docks and harbors things i want to hit before we wrap up the show which is i know that you were working there's a i mean i noticed a big thing about this newsletter for this month it was, it was a lot of reflecting on things that docks and harbors worked on last year and so you know was i correct in kind of getting that from that Carl? That's, that's right. So every January, I put out the newsletter and I do a, kind of a top 10 list or, you know, things that were just reflecting on calendar year 2023. Okay. Because I saw, you know, there was Aurora Harbor phases three and four. There was, 
you know, obviously there was the rate increase. There's the UAS property lease. There's the Douglas Harbor lighting. Which how how is that lighting going? Or did we finish that up? So we've got the the bases in, and uh, so it's just a matter of our of our subcontractor um, Chatham Electric to come in, um, put the poles up. The so we're waiting for weather. They'll come in. They'll put the poles up, and we'll have um, security lighting in Douglas Harbor. Oh. So that, that's about what I figured. And I know we're going to be working on phase three of Aurora this year, like half early part of this year. So it's, phase three of Aurora Harbor is underway right now. So if you drive down Egan, you'll see that uh, Tricano's got a uh, crane mobilized there. And so they, they're, they're driving piles and they have floats in. And um, uh, knock on wood, we'll have a, the new H-Volt complete um, uh, by, by mid-May. Okay, that's what I was saying. I did a very, very tiny light knock on the wood for you, so I couldn't catch it on the microphone because that that's not good audio to yeah. catch that kind of a noise. And with any luck, with uh, with the state legislature, we'll have um, the other half of our fifty fifty matching grant to to start Aurora Phase Four, um, and assuming the process goes as we wish. Um, we could be uh, advertising for that project to complete Aurora as early as uh, August, the, the the bid system, the bid process as early as August, assuming the governor would sign the uh, the state budget that would um, appropriate the grant funding for the uh, Alaska Department of Transportation um, Municipal Harbor Grant Program. Gotcha. And I was just watching the a meeting all about the budget earlier. I have to go back and thumb through some of those specifics because it's always fun watching the budget conversation. Can you can you hit, hear my little hints of sarcasm? But it, it it's important. I will never deny that. Yeah. So our we have a Docks and Harbors board meeting tomorrow, and the um, it will be the Docks and Harbors biennial budget. So. Uh, I hear your sarcasm. It's budgets are important, but they are tedious to, to get oh, through. Yeah. They're they're a well needed thing to have established. Well, on that note, I think that about wraps up the things I want to chat with you both today. So thank you both very much for coming in, especially you, Katie. It's very interesting to kind of get that larger perspective on some of these things that are going on because you can't, we can't always get that. It's important that you know we have folks like you come in and be like, hey, here's how it looks like on the federal end of things. So thank you very much for also coming in today. My pleasure. Alrighty, and on that note, Carl, thank you also for coming in, and that'll wrap up our action line on KINY today. Action line. Weekday mornings. Action line. If it happens in Southeast, you'll hear it on Action Line. KINY.